Welcome to the Profits in Pajamas podcast. I'm Danielle DeTeach, or Coach Danny D, and I help women to create luxury brands by creating processes and tightening their branding. This is where we talk about how to build your business in a way that allows you to work with ease and enjoy your life. My happy space is spending as much time as humanly possible in my pajamas. And I want to help others to find their happy space while still running profitable businesses. So get comfortable and let's dig in. Hello and welcome to the Profits in Pajamas podcast. I am your host, Coach Danny D, here helping creatives and professional women to find that space of alignment, balance, whatever you want to call it, but that space where you are living a fulfilled and purposeful life. I'm so excited today to have my guest, Kat Parker. I met her recently. Um, She was doing a talk and I was just like mesmerized. I absolutely um, had to have her here and I hunted her down <laughs> and made sure literally that she was going to be here for you guys because um, she's she speaks about a topic that I feel like as business owners, as women, we don't talk about enough and that's emotional intelligence. We try to act like those emotions don't exist or you even hear people say in business you know there's no emotion in business Mm -hmm. and that is so ridiculous because we have emotions what are we supposed to do with them where do we put them when (laughs) we go into business (laughs) right we're supposed to have them so I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Kat and then we're gonna just jump right into it because she just has so much, like she has so much to, to give, to share, and I want y'all to get every bit of it. So Kat Parker is a leadership coach for women. She has helped women to explore their strengths, overcome limitations, and thrive in their professional and personal lives. Working 22 years, girl where? <laughs> girl where? <laughs> Working. 22 years in corporate male-dominated industry, she experienced many challenges, and we all know that that's a different energy. Um, within um, with 15 years of leadership experience, she uses her experience along with her mindset coaching, NLP training, and emotional intelligence expertise to help women to help to help women step into their power and their authentic selves so welcome thank Um, you so so glad to have you here I'm so happy to be here thank you so much uh for reaching out uh and you know jumping into my DMs (laughs) (laughs) I want to tell you it's been an amazing connection I am just so excited to to know you and to be here today so thank you so much so I just want to jump right in. So first tell tell us about your entrepreneurial journey. So how did you get from, you know, working in those male dominated fields to jumping into your own um coaching company and, you know, helping women? 
Yeah, it's been a long road to being a leadership coach. Um, it's not something that, you know, 10 years or 15 years ago, I said, oh my gosh, I want to be a leadership coach. <laughs> but I will say this, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I can tell you that me and my older brother have logged hundreds, probably thousands of hours of conversations about being entrepreneurs. He's had his own dreams and I've had my own dreams. So, you know, we were like, we, you know, we, we wish we could think of the next best thing and just, you know, get out of corporate mm -hmm. America, get away from work. So I've always had that dream. And that turned into like doing hobbies, um, making diaper cakes. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of diaper cakes, but I've done it all. We have a large creative audience and they know exactly what a diaper yes. cake is. <laughs> so I made diaper cakes, mugs, I mean mugs now, um, bowls for girls, anything that my creative thoughts could grab hold to, I would do it and I would I would make a business out of it. Uh, but I didn't know anything about being an entrepreneur back then. <laughs> but as I progressed in my leadership career, um, I started to even more so want to be an entrepreneur. So it morphed from hobbies and trying to turn that into being an entrepreneur to, oh, I came across this post about virtual assistants. And oh my gosh, that's something that I can do. You know, with this experience that I have in corporate America, I can do that. So I jumped into that as I was working. So I was doing that part-time. That turned into social media management. And then once I became a social media manager, I was able to get promoted to the highlight of, of my career, which was director of inside sales. And director of inside sales, I led 50 people, four teams. We had a multi-million dollar sales quota. And the main responsibility of that job was for me to develop people. Yeah, we had that multi-million dollar sales quota, but in developing people, I wanted people to love their jobs mm. and in loving their jobs, have personal growth, professional growth. And then that, we were able to be very productive and hit that sales quota. So I would do training. So, you know, I was a very different type of leader. It wasn't about, hey, you know, you do this, you do this. Mm -hmm. Like we would have specific trainings based on where my team lacked or where they needed the most training. And I absolutely loved it. I loved it so much. Um, and I ended up meeting this lady who on, <laughs> on a virtual coffee, a happy hour, uh, and we were kind of following the same journey. She was a virtual assistant. It morphed for her into social media management. And her wife was a director in New York. She was like, hey, would you mind mentoring her? Like she's having some challenges at work. And you know, as a woman, you know, she's experiencing all of these things. So it's like, absolutely. And leadership coaching was born. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that is where it started. So I did that and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. It's not just developing people on my team, but it's outside of where I work and it's specifically directed and for women. 
Yes. And I did that like the last year of corporate America and then decided, you know what, it's time to jump full time into it because it was such a passionate thing for me. And it was, it was filling my spirit so much. I just knew that, okay, this is my thing. This is the entrepreneurial direction that I was supposed to go in. And that's how it started. It's so interesting to me because I love hearing people's like entrepreneurial journeys, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that is so interesting to me is that most of us landed where we landed. I don't want to say by accident, but mm-hmm. definitely not on purpose. You know, like it just absolutely was like a, a kind of like natural flow that occurred. But it, like you said, it wasn't like you woke up one morning and said, right. I want to be a leadership coach. It right. just, it, it, it manifests itself. It happened the way that it was supposed to, because all of those things I learned as, you know, this creative person and trying to take hobbies and turn them into businesses into virtual assistant, into social media management, it all prepared me to becoming a leadership coach. I learned so much, especially as a virtual assistant, I learned so much about running a business. Um, and even in corporate America, everything I went through, all of the challenges and the hardships and the obstacles prepared me for this because I can truly say to women, I've been there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. And the other thing I heard you say in there was, you know, in that position that you really loved the soft skills. Yes. The soft skills. Like when we think about leadership, oftentimes we jump to, you know, this like, you know, drill sergeant kind of um, imagery. And a lot of times we don't realize that some of the most effective leaders are leading from within soft skills. Yes, and they're leading from their heart and they're leading with empathy and compassion. And what really helped me to be that type of leader was the pandemic. When I got that position, it was right there smack dab in the middle of it. And I had to learn how to lead my team and motivate them and inspire them through a computer. And I saw and knew that a lot of my team members were suffering in many ways. One lady, she was a grandmother. She hadn't seen her grandkids in I don't know how long. And I knew that that was affecting them. So when we would have our one-on-ones, my first number one question to them is, how are you? And my first few one-on-ones, like, they're like, well, I got this client and I couldn't get this commission. And I'm like, nope, that is not what I mean. How are you? And I don't want that question to be attached to work yet. How are you? Right. And having that conversation and building that rapport and that connection with my team, I was able to learn so much about them, like, Adapting to change was really hard for them. Active listening was really, these are things that they were learning how to do, like I said, over over a computer. So once I could figure out what most of the team were struggling with the most, that's how I would craft the training programs I would have or the training sessions I would have. So remote work 
it is not easy. Leading through remote, it is not easy at all. It's not easy. I can imagine. And I had my share of struggles with it. I can imagine, and especially, you know, if you... Because for a lot of people, again, it's just was like kind of jumping into the fire. You you may not have had those connections prior to, you know, and so now you're trying to build them. And yeah, it's a little harder through the screen. Absolutely. But I think- And these are people who are coworkers too. So me getting that position, it's like, okay, now I'm their director. Right. You know, that's a different type of dynamic that I had to navigate there as well. You know, so just making sure that they knew that this person was directed, like I was going, I was going to drive hard for them. Right. No matter what. So, yeah. But I think that that matters so much. Like, you know, just when people feel supported, then they are willing to do more. So, you know, I know we have listeners who are, you know, professional careers as well as entrepreneurs but it applies in both places because you know either the people that you're working with or the you know your team when they feel supported they're they're going to work harder they're going to do more you know so I, I think sometimes we look at it as a waste of time yeah we do you know the yeah. personal stuff as a waste yeah. of time but it's really not because, I mean, I know yeah. I've experienced it. You know, I was in an environment where there was a huge sales force and then there was an internal like production team. And uh-huh. I was responsible for that production team. And the owner was very sales driven. That was his, you know, that was his lane. And so there was a time when he was like really frustrated and he came in and he gave this, you know, he gave this big, you know, speech to the production team. And I was just like, oh yeah. So now I have like a whole lot of work to do to undo that five minutes just did because that was probably the perfect speech for a sales team. Mm. But it was not at all for these guys. And the relationship I created with them, like we were often in situations that were unfair or, you know, like that we had to do things that were outside of what we would do. But because we had that relationship, they knew I was going to stay until it was done. So they would stay Mm. until it's done. Mm. But, you know, you create and build those types of relationships but again, that requires that you, we can't check our emotions at the door. So, I mean, I know we, we, we're touching it, but I want to, you know, get a little more straightforward about, um, you know, what exactly is emotional intelligence and how can we use it, learn, you know, learn how to use it in navigating our business world. Good question. (laughs) And this is what I love. Emotional intelligence is the absolute foundation of my coaching. It is a foundation of me being a mom, me being a wife, a sibling. It is everything. So emotional intelligence is understanding, recognizing, and being able to manage or regulate 
your own emotions, but also being able to have and maintain and build relationships with other people that are connected relationships where there's basically a win-win for everyone. And a lot of people, it's like emotional intelligence is kind of like that buzzword and you hear it and like you, you hear a little bit of, about what it is when I tell you it is so life-changing. A lot of people think, well, you know, you were, you were touching on uh, before about how important it is like you you ride for your team and you know that if you stay late they're gonna stay late um one thing that i found in corporate america was that women are made to feel like if you lead with your heart or you lead with empathy or compassion that you're weak that you are creating situations where your team is going to run all over you. And I say that because I was told that, Mm -hmm. right? And I've seen the leading by micromanaging. I've seen the leading by fear. I've seen the leading by, you know what I'm saying? So being able to lead this way is more of a connection with people. It's a connection with your team. It's a connection with your clients. And it's first starts with you. There is no emotional intelligence without you first looking within yourself, understanding, recognizing what emotions you have, what is triggering those emotions, and then being able to regulate those emotions. And you said this at the beginning, you cannot hide your emotions. You can't deny that they're there. There is no way to get to logical thinking without there being a path to your emotional brain. So we have an emotional brain and we have a rational brain. You're always going to feel your emotions first. What you do with those emotions, that's up to you. No, definitely. And yeah, I mean, like you said, you can't hide them. And and if you don't address them, they gonna come out how they won't come out. And yep. it ain't gonna always be. Yep. It's not going to always be cute or pretty because you, exactly. you know, we can all think of a time where something was bothering us. Mm-hmm. We didn't deal with it. We didn't address it. We didn't name it. And yeah. then, you know, here comes somebody and they jump right on that last nerve. Right on there. They're going to they gonna tap dance on that trigger. <laughs> on that last nerve. And it was only hanging on by a little small thread. And... And now, you know, like, I, you know, I, I say sometimes like when I know that I'm like frustrated and I need a minute yeah. and somebody comes in, I will, you know, I'll say now, you don't want to get this smoke because this not your smoke. It's this is smoke. This is, yeah. this is, you know, five minutes ago, whoever I got off the phone call with this day smoke, you don't want to get this smoke. So you please give this. me a minute. <laughs> Give me a moment (laughs) so that I can, you know, process this. But, you know, in most cases, you don't always get the opportunity for that moment. And so if you're not dealing with your emotions, your emotions going to deal with you. Exactly. I was watching a show not too long ago, and I believe it was a Carl Jung quote that the person said, and it was something like, the emotions that you try to hide the most fight the hardest to get out. Mm. I may have said that not in the exact way that it's supposed to, but 
The, the sentiment you, is definitely yes, there. Yes, yes. What you try to hide fights the hardest to get out. Yes. And, and you, you can try to bury it all you want. But like yes. you say, somebody go come and they're going to find it. They're going to they gonna be like this right over there. And you just like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like this would be, this, this would be doing right now. And I think sometimes we don't even realize that we are displaying it. Because, you know, self-awareness, it's like, you know, I've seen times where, you know, because most people, when they, they, they come and they're venting and they're saying whatever, and then I'll just sit for a second and I'm like, so, and they're like, what? I'm like, so you realize that you are Mm -hmm. doing this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't realize that you are um, reacting. Yes in an extreme way to something that maybe not, maybe it's not that extreme. Exactly. But because you haven't dealt with that emotion, like you said, Mm -hmm. that girl is pushing on through Mm -hmm. and now it's reading like aggression. And it's like, um, I don't know what's happening right now, but like you're really, you know, like, a client doing something and it might be something that, you know, that it continues to happen. And I'm, you know, I'm a systems girl. So I'm like, if it keeps happening, something wrong Uh with the system somewhere, we Uh got to fix it, but you've been allowing and allowing and allowing it and not addressing the emotion that it brings up in you. And then now you you typing this in email like you want fight the my class, you know email, and it's like yeah passive aggressive all of the things it's yes. like oh no 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 yeah like, which is the most important part of emotional intelligence this is self-awareness and emotional intelligence is not easy it's it's not an easy thing it I, I had someone tell me not too long ago, I'm tired of being emotionally intelligent. <laughs> I feel like I have to carry everybody. <laughs> I'm tired of being emotionally intelligent. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> because if it was the opposite way, you were not emotionally intelligent. Like it, these relationships that you are able to navigate, they would be a, a hot mess. So the most important part of emotional intelligence is the self-awareness. That is finding that spotlight on your beliefs, on your thoughts, on your emotions. It's like looking in that mirror and, and seeing yourself for who you really are, which is hard, right? Because a lot of people, like, we, we don't want to highlight our flaws. Right. We don't want to highlight our imperfections, and we definitely don't want to highlight our trauma. But those things are a part of who we are and create us. It, we have to understand those things to understand why we react the way that we do in certain situations. For example, something as simple as someone telling you to shut up could create like this, wait, what? <laughs> What'd you say? And that could be connected to a teacher in second grade who told you to shut up, who completely robbed you of your voice, who made you feel like the lowest of the low, 
And now as an adult, someone tells you to shut up and you don't realize that your self-conscious mind remembers that and says, okay, the words shut up is connected to fear, self-doubt, self-criticism, hate, what have you. And it's going to come out as anger because anger is a soldier emotion, right? And now the person who said shut up, maybe in a jokingly way, gets all the smoke. They getting all the smoke. It's going to be a Jerry Springer moment. Because they were like, girl, yeah, shut up. <laughs> like, what? And they and don't understand don't why you at their jugular now. <laughs> but the self-awareness says, okay, I don't like being told to shut up. That's a, that's a me thing. This person didn't grow up like I did. So them jokingly telling me to shut up for them is something different than it is for me. And they don't deserve me completely right. for something that was never connected to them to begin with. All right. So that self-awareness says, okay, instead of reacting and doing all the things and telling them about themselves for something they didn't even know bothered you, you can actually respond. And you, it's okay to say, I don't respond well to being told to shut up. I know that it wasn't your intentions to make me feel that way, but I would really like for us not to joke that way. You can completely say that, or right. you can say, you know what? It wasn't their fault. They didn't do nothing to me. Girl, you shut up. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. No, so you, you choose how to take control exactly. of the situation. And exactly. I think, yeah, I think that that's like the key that I'm hearing is the control piece. And it is, it is definitely challenging. You said about, you know, like that self-awareness of looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. It's looking in the mirror naked with the, all the lights. Yes. That's what it is. Like, yes. Like yeah. with a flashlight, with a spotlight, right? With a a ring light, lights. every light, all the lights, every light, like Sunlight, every light on. And yes. you have to realize that sometimes it's you. You know what I'm saying? And yes. not in a in a way that you're, you know, disparaging yourself, but just right. in a way that sometimes that's something that means something to you that doesn't yeah. resonate with anybody else exactly. because they don't know your history. They don't know and your so history. it's like a lot of times I watch people, you know, whether it's in an argument or even in a conversation, and I realize that um they're having two different conversations, right? Yes. And they're like neither person is aware of it. And mm-hmm. when it comes to like you know, emotions and anger. If you were to take those two people and say who was the aggressor, each one thinks the other person was the aggressor. Absolutely. Because they don't realize that maybe I jumped because I got triggered. And then now I'm talking kind of spicy to the person and they like, well, why are you talking spicy to me? And so then they return, you know, and it's, it turns into something like the escalation when we're not speaking from a place of emotional intelligence is like wild. Mm. Like you just sitting there and I'm like, Whoa, that went like, Mm. that went left really, really fast. And sometimes it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. that way. And like, I, I love what you said about, 
you know, being able to um, build those valuable relationships because, you know, a lot of times we do have those walls and relationships because Mm -hmm. we can't, we're not self-aware. We don't have the intelligence and then we can't um, be open, honest and connect with other people. Mm -hmm. And then they may not be there either. Exactly. And you, uh, you can only control what you control, which is yourself. Yes. And I always say in understanding and accepting that you cannot control the other person, you're actually in fact in control. Because when you, when you say, when you try to control how that person feels, or you try to control their opinion or how they see something, that's like you said, that's when it goes left because everybody's trying to prove their point. And everybody has two eyes, but nobody has the same view. That's when that empathy comes in. And I want to explain something about empathy too, because I I think a lot of people think being empathetic to someone else's situation or maybe their behavior means that you're excusing it. And it's not excusing their behavior. It's not saying, oh, well, he, he had a hard life. So him coming in there and punching that person in the face, I get, I get why he did it. No, it's not the, the excusing the behavior. It's understanding why the behavior was yeah. there. It's recognition of, the, of what they may have gone through without justification of the behavior that they exhibited yeah. because of it. So you could absolutely have empathy for someone's situation without excusing what they did. And having empathy, there, there's the understanding. And the understanding means that maybe you can approach the situation in a way that you can connect or have a conversation or communicate or give some clear feedback to that person about what their behavior or what that situation means. You I feel I mean? like you so, just jumped in my brain. Because like, as you were talking, <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, if you understand... Yeah um the other person then you know like you said I can't control the other person but if I understand them then I can temper my approach you know so I know that as you know if you're this you know person this is your experience I know that this might be something that is a trigger for you then I might not approach you in the same way that I would approach the next person and you know, for me, I I always get frustrated, especially, you know, you see all of like the back and forth and the bickering and, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm always wondering, are you trying to communicate or are you trying to win? Mm -hmm. Cause those are two different things. And so very different things. So for me, if I have a, end goal in mind of communicating or um if you know in the business if we have an end goal in mind then you know to me that's what brings it back to the soft skills if you know I can just say this is the goal and everybody has to reach it but if I know you know for instance let's say you if the goal is um requires you being able to you know see over a certain height and you 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 know, I'm five, three, I'm going to need a step stool. (laughs) 
I'm not going to be able to just see right. it. So if you know that, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, if you yeah. know what this person needs to be able to accomplish it, then yeah. let's work from there as opposed Absolutely. to like, I'm just focused on the win and, absolutely, you know, switch it up. If you need to absolutely. switch it up, there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes yeah. we feel like we're losing. Yep. If it's we, the competition. Yeah. yeah. If we, you know, if we change it up, like, I don't, yeah. I don't care to win. I just want us to yeah. get to some consensus and agree to disagree. Might be that we just don't around. agree. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why a lot of people have, you know, entrepreneurs have the hardest time having difficult conversations, whether that's a difficult conversation with a team member or a client that may not be, you know, doing what the client is supposed to be doing or what have you. It's because they go into it, I think, for two reasons. Number one, because they think that they're supposed to manage that person's feelings. You know, I'm going to come into it and I'm going to tell you how I feel. And then if they, if they do this to me, then I'm going to, I'm going to go off. It is not your responsibility to manage that person's feelings. It's your responsibility to communicate in a clear way, your own feelings, how they take that is up to them. So I think that's one reason why it's hard to have difficult conversations. But the other is just what you said. They, they, they think that they're going into it. It's a tug of war immediately. I'm going in, I want you to see my viewpoint until you see my viewpoint. Like it's, you know, like I have to win this and it doesn't have to be that way. It could absolutely be a disagree, you know, agree to disagree or a common ground or just an understanding of the difference of perspectives. So I I work with a lot of clients and have worked that, that is like probably top five thing, having difficult conversations. I don't know how to start it. I don't want to make them feel bad. I don't want them to make me feel bad. But if you, another quote, if you hold the peace, <laughs> if you keep within to keep the peace, you start the war within yourself. Yes. So it's never resolved. Yes. It's never resolved. You continue with the client who is causing you so much stress and overwhelming you so much and you know that there is no alignment between you and that client and you should not be working with them but because you are afraid to have that difficult conversation and have it in an emotionally intelligent way you are causing yourself so much war within because it's never getting resolved so you have to, like, it's hard. It's not easy to have difficult conversations with people. It's not. But it's something you got to do scared. You got to do saying, okay, I'm going into this. I'm going to be as prepared as I can. And I am going to accept the fact that I cannot control that other person. I can only control me. You know, I I agree with you that it's hard. But in this moment, I know that it's easier. Mm. You know, in the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, I Mm -hmm. could like, you know, that was like, I would be anxiety written out with this and that and, you know, allow situations that didn't need to happen to happen because of the fear of that conversation or because of not having the right language to have that conversation or the right mindset 
to have that mm. conversation. But right. I think at this point, you know, not having the win mm-hmm. be a win of a war. Mm. My win is satisfying the requirement that I have with my client. Yes. That's my win. So my win is when me and my client both walk away happy. Yes. And you have been able to stay authentic and true to you and your business. Yes. And, and service my client in excellence, right? So that's the cross section of a win. And so it's no longer that, that, Mm-hmm. anger or aggression mixed into that conversation so right. sometimes the win is going to be we don't belong together yep and that's okay yes. but okay. it's it's going to be I don't want to use the because that's so counter to what we're saying I don't want to use the word emotionless it's not emotionless but it's no. just it's going to be without drama yeah Whatever Chaos. the answer yeah. is, it's not going to involve drama. We yeah. either we we either go together or we don't. And, oh, and we don't. Everybody's and we, not for you. Yeah. And if we don't, that's okay. But yeah. it also requires that sometimes, even though I have my policies, even though I have my procedures, sometimes something is going to be outside of those lines. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's when I have to sit down and say, okay. How do I, from where we are right now, get mm-hmm. to that situation where I'm serving you in excellence yeah. and I'm serving myself? Mm-hmm. How do we get there? And yeah. sometimes that means, you know, because I see people say, well, you know, I'm not giving a refund. This, da, 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 da. Sometimes I'm giving a refund. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just, it It just, it's, yeah. it's what needs yeah. to happen, especially yeah. if it's no loss to me, right. you know, sometimes, yeah. I, you know, sometimes it's, Hey, this is how much I've spent already on this and I need to recoup this, but here mm-hmm. it'll be great. Yep. And that that's okay. But yes. the, the tension, the back and forth. Yeah. Nobody's listening to anybody. Everybody's just getting hot and escalated. And it's just, <laughs> right. just all the things. Yeah. It's just all the things. And it's like, you yeah. know what? It, look, if I can stroke this check and we cannot talk again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because like you said, I can't control you. I can't, yeah. I can't bring you into my peace, but I can't mm-hmm. put you out. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't have to and I don't have to kick you out. I could just say, you know what? I think you made a wrong turn. Thank you. Yeah. And that's okay. (laughs) Hope you get back on track. Right. Look, I hope you get get, get, over there. Like I hope you get to where you were headed. (laughs) But it ain't it ain't over here. I had a a a client uh when I was uh, a virtual assistant and um he He's the worst client I've ever had. And he taught me the most about being an entrepreneur and about who I wanted to show up as in my business. Uh, I thought, but let's say, let me tell you what he did. 
he was a type who he hired someone to do a job who was an expert at what they did, but he didn't let me be an expert. It's like, I want you to do these things, but when you do them, I'm going to nitpick and change. And that's okay, right? Your business is your business. If, if this is what you want, this, but it got to be, I had no voice. Mm-hmm. I was, I, it wasn't even like I was an entrepreneur having my own business. It's just like, I was wasting hours doing things just for it to be completely changed. And this was even after having meeting after meeting after meeting saying, okay, what do you want? And, and getting clear directions and then doing that and it being just completely picked apart. So it was very stressful for me. I didn't like my business anymore, but in my, in my mind, I thought he's paying you good. <laughs> How <laughs> about you just one. deal with it? Look, that's <laughs> the one that'll get you. Like, you know, they talk about um, bad relationships, you know, and you, you like, but he's so cute. You know, like it's, that's the one that is sucking you right on back in. <laughs> he was my highest paid client. I'm like, if I let him go. And for a minute, I thought that I could get by with those thoughts. I really did. But again, you keep that, you, you, you don't say anything and to keep the peace and it create, like the war was brewing inside of me. And the more it went on, the more I hated my business, the more I, I hated showing up, the, all of the things. And I had someone who I was talking to and I was telling them what was going on. And she was like, why don't you fire him? I was like, no money. (laughs) It's like, but what, is it worth it? Are you able to show up in your business the way that you want to show up in your business? Are you able to be cat? Are you able to be that person? Is the money worth it? And it was like light went off. Nope, it's not. And when I fired him as a client, when I tell you, it was like a breath of fresh air. It was like the cloud, the dark clouds went away and the heavens went <laughs> through and all of that stress and overwhelm, it was gone. And I'm like, I will never, ever, ever be that person in my business ever again. I will never be that person in life. Yes. It is not worth it. It's it's really not. And I think, you know, I've been in similar situations with clients, with jobs, you know, people. Um, But it's Mm. like, it's so, like you said, freeing when you just let that go. Absolutely. And then the other thing is happy people attract people. When you, you know, when you are living in your happiness, it's a whole different situation. And so like, you know, for my like balloon business, like I'm at the point now where it's like, you know, I get to choose like, you know, and I, you know, I choose happy. And so I choose Mm -hmm. to work with people that make me happy, that I enjoy showing up and I can show up as the best version of myself because you know think about when you deal with that that client that drains you Mm -hmm. 
And then five minutes later, either another client you have to interact with or your family or what have you. And now you have this little sour version of yourself that is coming to the table because this person has stole your joy. And now you, you walking around, you know, the Grinch because this person has like, like stolen your joy. And so we, we are entitled to be happy. Like, you know, I think we, society teaches us otherwise you just got to go through it and absolutely you you really don't I mean to me at this point in time you know the money is a factor in the sense I got to pay the bills but it don't have that hold that it once did you know that 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 but you know is this much money or but because I realized that you know there's no price on my soul Mm. speak there is no place on my soul and I just I can't I can't be tied to that anymore and I think that that's um you know everybody knows I'm very anti-grind culture I think that's what keeps us tied into this grind culture is that we are so money driven and ironically a lot of times us being money driven is what's keeping us away from money Mm-hmm. because because <laughs> because yeah. you know hear me out so you you focus so much on the money that you are reducing yourself yeah. to get to capture it imagine what you could attract and what you could bring in if you stepped fully into you and your magnificence Ooh. Yes. And you would, would know with no qualms. You know what I'm saying? Because yes. because a lot of times, even though it's a lot of money, it always tends to be a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of aggravation. Uh-huh. A lot of um expectation. Right. Sometimes unrealistic. Yep. And you are not like he was paying you, but you weren't your best you for him. Because he wasn't no allowing way. you to be. He wasn't. And I participated in that. I was participating in my own suffering by staying in a situation with a client when I had full control of separating. So he he, he didn't hold me, hold me hostage I thought the money, <laughs> but that's, the money but that's how we're trained. You know, that's yeah. how we're trained is like yeah. the money, you know, but exactly. the money and it's like, yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, yeah. it, I, I think an older version of myself definitely totally get it. But yeah. like on this side, I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, they have this job, they offer blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what you got to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good question. Like, I need to know, like, what, right. what is the, the trade off? But I think sometimes yeah. we, we are so locked into the dollar amount that we don't, we never look at how much it's costing us. Right. And that's the self-awareness that I lack 
in that situation. If I was more aware of what I was losing trying to hold on to money at that time, then I could have better understood the situation I was in and what that was creating around me. And you're right. It's just like, how do you how do you separate that from your personal life and separate that from your other clients? They're not getting the true you and they're not getting the best that they deserve because they are actually clients that align with your business. Right. So that lack of self-awareness created a situation where I wasn't able to really understand or recognize or manage my own emotions outside of that client. Right. Or be the one I let him go. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing is like so much stuff that is like scary until it happens. And then you're like, Mm -hmm. about this other other life like you know the level of anxiety that I used to have oh my god and I'm like now I'm like I think one again it's that self-awareness I know what it looks like when it's coming right and like how to you know kind of counter it but two I just know what triggers it. And I'm like, you know what? Stop doing that. Like, right. like yep. <laughs> stop putting yourself in situations. Yeah, that's your responsibility. That, I, that. that you yeah. know are going to end like this. Like exactly. just, you know, some and sometimes it's hard. Again, you yeah. know, like I recently had a situation where I had to like turn down a client. And like you said, that money was, good but given what was in front of me I'm like you already have a full plate and adding this on is like it's just not it's not a good look you 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 been down that road before you already know what the the end of the movie is like don't go into the dark room like just don't right don't go into the dark room I know I know that little that that dollar sign dingling, jangling is 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 tempting. It's very tempting. But you know what the outcome is about to be. So just you know, be strong. Yeah. <laughs> be strong and make the decision that's gonna be best for the long run. Cause right. the money will be nice for a minute, but what you have to go through to get to it is not. Mm-mm. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure a bunch of your listeners are moms, our parents. And, you know, one example I can, I can give as far as um, understanding triggers is being able to help your children understand that as well. My five-year-old, I have recognized that when he feels like he's not being heard, when he gets most upset. That's when he might throw something or, or hit or kick. So in recognizing that, I can help him specifically when he feels that he's not being heard. So, you know, helping him to understand his triggers. He, he, he explains it as his heart is beeping. B-E-E-P-I-N-G. My heart starts beeping, mommy. That means he's feeling anxiety. His heart is beating fast. And when his heart is beeping, I said, that means that you're probably getting upset with someone, right? Yeah. Like, yes. And 
your friend didn't hear you when you said that you wanted to play with that toy, right? Right. So what can we do when our friends don't hear us when we say, I want to play with that toy? We can use our words, mommy, and say it louder. You sure can. And what if they still don't let you play with that toy? What can you do? I can go and tell the teacher. You absolutely can. What else can you do? He knows about walking away. He knows about deep breaths. He knows about, you know, looking at things, you know, the five senses. I'm going to look at something. I'm going to see what I can touch. I'm going to, you know, what am I smelling? He knows about those things. So it's so important with emotional intelligence. If it's hard for adults, oh my gosh, poor babies. Right, right. (laughs) But I think, but you know what? Little ones adapt so much quicker than we do because we, we stubborn. We aren't we? The little ones just need the tools. We need the tools and, and prayer and <laughs> and everything else because we we, we suffer. We are. We've been living with ourselves. Look, I'm 46. I've been living with myself for 46 years, and I have been in a pattern of behavior for 46 years. Ours is somewhere in there. So for for us, it's yeah. We we do need that extra. You know. You, paying attention to yourself and really being introspective and reflect, you know, looking at the things that you do and why you do it. And that's why I started off saying intelligence is not easy, but it's so necessary. And when you look at the outcome of two situations where no emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence, like you said earlier, it is easier to be emotionally intelligent because it creates a better outcome and a win-win situation for you so yeah those babies can adapt it's hard for us and emotional intelligence is a very flexible soft skill so you're never too emotionally intelligent everybody is it's nothing that you're born with or not born with it is something that you can focus on you can learn and you can become that person who is self-aware, who can manage their emotions, who is socially aware and who can manage relationships. Yeah. The game changer, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, it really, it, it really is a game changer because, you know, earlier you were saying about, you know, you, you know, going back to that trauma, that it may have been something that happened when you were five or whatever, until you embrace, you know, emotional intelligence, you're going to keep reliving that trauma for the rest of your life. Yes. You know, it, it yes. allows you to release that. It allows mm-hmm. you to, you know, have that, not have the same power. So, exactly. you know, I notice certain things don't affect me the same. Yeah. And, you know, but it, it took one you know, that, that self-awareness knowing that that exists. Right. And then two, figuring out what is, where did this come from? <laughs> like, right. like, and some people may not figure that out. <clears throat> they may not know where it comes from, but they know that there are things that happen physically and inside that when someone does something or says something, you start to feel a certain way. You may not know what the, what the root cause of that is, 
But like my son, like your heart starts beeping or for me, my ears turn red right. or, you know, you, 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 you start to breathe a little bit faster. Some people get a headache. It's like you get those physical, those body sensations that says, I'm not liking this. I'm not feeling this. And for some of us, a lot of times it comes out of left field and that's why we react so quick. But mm -hmm. even in those times where you were unable to manage your emotions, it's important to understand, to kind of reflect on that and say, okay, what did they say? What did they do? How did it make me feel? And what did I do in response? Or how did I react? Because the next time this happens and my heart starts to race, I know now that that is a sign that I am being triggered and I get to pause. I get to walk away. I get to set a boundary. I get to do something different that is a, an emotional response and not an emotional reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Like, you know, that slow down and I love the idea mm -hmm. of almost like a debrief. Yes. You know, afterwards of like, you know, why? You know, because a lot of times when I get angry about something, I'm like, why does this make me so mad? Like, why? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I know one that's common, um, you know, for entrepreneurs, especially creative entrepreneurs, when people are um, asking about price and, Ooh. you know, sometimes the person just really doesn't know. Mm -hmm. But as the artist, you know, you know, Erica Badu says, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as <Yes>. the artist, <laughs> that can be a trigger. Or, yes. you know, especially if you are, you know, starting out as an entrepreneur, you are already insecure about your price, right? You are trying Absolutely. to establish that my worth is worth this amount. And then somebody say, well, why is this so much? And now you won't fight. What you mean? <laughs> you know, <laughs> give me but, that hookup or something. <laughs> and sometimes and sometimes people meant it. You know, sometimes people said it with their chest and they meant it with their chest, right? But you know, the thing that I had to, you know, realize, and I think, you know, over time, many of my other colleagues have realized some of them have not. Um, is that the majority of people are just asking questions because they're not educated about what it is you do. Because, you know, I've reached out to entrepreneurs for things that I'm not familiar with and they like, it costs $4 million. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, and I'm not, I don't feel any kind of way about that. Like, I really yeah. don't know. I've never, you know, purchased a fill in the blank before. So I don't yeah. know what that price is. And so I don't feel any way about it. I don't feel any need to, you know, go back and forth with them about it. If it's something I right. want, then I'm going to find the $4 million. If it's something I don't, then I'm going to just move on. But right. I mean, we do get, you know, we get the ones that come back and won't go toe to toe, but yeah. we can't assume that that's everyone's exactly. thing. But in reality, it's our, we have an insecurity that is being mm -hmm. triggered. Yeah. And we're yeah, hearing and surprise. something mm -hmm. that's not there. Right. And so, you know, I'll, I'll give you space to speak on that, but it's just, yeah. I know that that's a common one. So I don't, yeah. 
for some of us that's like, well, I don't know what I need to be emotionally intelligent about. Well, here we go. Here we go. Right here. <laughs> let's let's break it down for you. <laughs> here we so go. price is something that is going to be a part of the conversation regardless. There are some people who are going to go for the price and there's some people who don't go for the price. I used to be an automotive sales trainer. And what I would tell the sales guys is if someone brings a price, don't see it as though they are completely shutting you down and saying, if it's not this price that I want, I'm not going to pay for it. Go into it with that person doesn't understand the value or you have not built the value in your service or your product. That gives you, and I see it as a challenge. Oh, oh, let me tell you what you're about to get for this $4 million right right here. Right. So I see it as a challenge. I'm going to build so much value in it. Before I build value, though, I'm going to find out of my product and what's of my service, what's most important to you. I'm going to make sure that I find out the emotional connection by asking you questions. What are you going to use this for? What do you hope the outcome to be? Just asking them all those questions to find out what is the connection between the service or the product that I provide and what they want the outcome to be. Yes. Once I got that emotional connection, baby, value is about to start being built around that emotion. So when the price, it's like, oh, well, why are you not charging five million, girl? That part. (laughs) That part. No, really, that part. I love it because, you know, when I talk to clients about pricing and, you know, the intersection of pricing and their ideal client, right? It comes down to if your price is too high to someone, you have not effectively communicated value. Absolutely. And the thing is, in some cases, there's nothing you're going to say is going, you know, that price is, you know, if that person is shopping off a price alone, yeah, that's just not going to be your client if you are not exactly. the bargain, um, you know, brand, right? Exactly. That's just not going to be your client. And that's okay. Um, right. If the person is, um, has other values, just like you shared, I thought that was amazing of like, you know, building upon what that person's values are, but mm-hmm. it's that, you know, we have to be aware of what emotionally triggers us. So, absolutely, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult as in, you know, artists, especially when you have such wide ranges of pricing um, mm-hmm. based on, you know, how people value themselves it's difficult sometimes to come to that price and stand on that price and know yeah. that maybe the people you started with as clients not going to be the people you end with as clients and mm-hmm. being okay with that. But know that, let's just be honest, that's a hot button. It is. It's a hot button. Be prepared and, for it. Mm-hmm. And be prepared for it and explore why is it a hot button for you? Right. And be empathetic for that person that is challenging you because what if they had an experience with someone who offered the same service and it was a bad experience and that person didn't build value. And now they come to you and they're bringing the 
experience of that situation into this, it has nothing to do with you. It's just for them, they haven't been built up right. in that yet. Right. So it may not be that your price is too high. It may be that they had a bad experience with someone else and that was connected to price. And here they come to you and like, oh, $4 million. Are you kidding me? So like you said, also, everybody is not going to be for you. You can build all the value you want with some people. And if, like you said, they're shopping on price alone and it's not something that they're willing to go beyond, then thank the good Lord that you didn't have to deal with a client that, you know, right. <laughs> that could have caused some type of overwhelm or stress down the road. Learn what you need to learn from that experience and take that into the next one. But price is always that hot button. It's always that scary thing. It always puts us kind of like, oh my goodness, they're asking about price. Well, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and give you 20% off because they don't want to have that back. And right, forth. right. No, 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 friend. This price You're doing wrong when the... you do that. <laughs> like this price goes Because now that. you've decreased the value of your service or your product by immediately giving them a discount. Stand yes. on it. If, if it's worth that much, then you stick to that and you build the value in the price and the product instead of immediately decreasing yeah. what it's worth. Yeah, I think, you know, it's just owning those emotions. And we don't want to talk about them. We don't want to, you know... Like it, it's yeah. funny sometimes, even when you're having conversations and there's that struggle or hesitancy to say, yeah. I feel a way, whatever yeah. that way may be, you know what I'm right. saying? And it's okay. Like, you know, yeah. I I think one of the things that I like, oh, it, it drives me nuts is when people talk about being fearless. Yeah. Cause I'm like, fear is an emotion it's like it it came in the package you can't throw it away it's like one you know like you have the like like you have certain things like certain apps on your phone you could delete and some you can't you You can't can't delete fear yeah you can't delete fear it's it's in there it's hardwired in there so (laughs) you know it's going to be there but I think for um especially in the like entrepreneurial space I think in the professional space as well like um, it's what creates that imposter syndrome because yeah. people think everybody else is walking around fearless and I'm scared. Yeah. Girl, everybody's scared. Everybody, everybody. They might've did it a million times and they still have fear in there. You know, there's still yeah. that fear of what if something goes wrong or yeah. you know, that, that, that still exists. You know, you, yes. if you get up in front of a crowd, like, there's going to be fear. You're going to have yes. a little, you know, a little. I have years and years of public speaking experience. And every time I'm scared, every time. <laughs> it's like it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a part of life. You know, it's, it's, it it's mixed in. You can be yeah. excited and fearful. You can be, you know, happy and fearful, sad and fearful. Yeah. You, you know, it, it just, 
you know, I call all of the emotions that the girls, that girl just going to ride with you. She, yeah. she always in the car. There. She, Come on, girl. <laughs> she in there. She just want to into it. That's what's important to lean into your feelings. Again, right. we don't try to deny. We don't try to ignore. We don't try to hide because that's when it tries to push through the most. It's leaning into those feelings and seeing them as opportunities for learning. What can I learn about the fear? What can the fear teach me about myself? And what, you know what I'm saying? Like that yes. vice versa yes. Of, yes. of learning. I think a lot of people also, and I'm saying this because this is something that I've recently dealt with when it comes to, you know, speaking up for yourself. You know, a lot of people, yeah, they are afraid of what the other person will say. They're afraid of how that person will react. But we also have so many people, and I know we have entrepreneurs and people who are in the corporate world, women specifically, who kind of mute themselves because they don't, they don't want to be seen a certain way. So for example, a client of mine just had a conversation with a supervisor about a situation of being tardy for work. And the supervisor, after a month, She's only, she's tardy twice to work. The supervisor, after uh, this entire month, she's only had two tardies, reached out to her and wanted to write her up Mm. because you have these two tardies. So a lot of people are like, "Mm, okay, I'll sign the write up, you know. But for my client, she had emailed this supervisor twice and told this supervisor twice I'm having this issue with my computer and logging in and it's causing me Mm. to have these tardies. This happens Mm. this one time. It happens. The supervisor never emailed her back. Wow. So when the supervisor finally reaches out, it's you've had these two tardies. I got to write you up because that's unacceptable. Now, most people would be like, okay, it is what it is. Give me the write up. Or other people, like my client, will use their voice and say, wait a minute. Right. I emailed you twice. Right. I emailed you twice. There was no response. I did what I was supposed to do on my side. So now I'm getting written up and I, I don't understand why. Because I reached out for a resolution to this situation and I never, I never got a a path or directions on what I needed to do to keep this from happening. And the reason why I bring this up is because when she's talking to me, she was like, I didn't want to say something and my supervisor to look at me as oh, now she's a problem. Right. Now she's arguing with me about the write-up. Oh, she's aggressive. Oh, she, you know, she said, I don't want to put the light on myself. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you did your due diligence, you did what you were supposed to do. And she's like, I understand my supervisor. She has a lot of meetings. She wasn't in a meeting when she reached out to you to write you up. Right. So what about these two emails that you sent? She could have responded to those and said, because it's her responsibility as a reader to provide a solution. If you are writing her up about this you yeah. when, when you looked them dates up you didn't see them emails exactly. 
So we, in so many situations, we are afraid to use our voice because we're afraid of how we will be viewed. Aggressive, um, you know, angry Black woman, all of those things. But if you just ask yourself the question of, did I do what I'm supposed to do? Did I do my due diligence? Is there anything else I could have done? And if you can answer those questions in a way where, you know, she now, the supervisor, has to recognize and say, I played a part in this too. I don't get a write-up. Supervisor, you need a write-up. <laughs> because you didn't do your well, job. Well. <laughs> well, you know, the thing that I'm, like, that I've been kind of grappling with, and I know that it's not always that easy and not always that simple, but if you standing up for yourself create strife yeah then maybe then it's not a space you need to be in exactly especially if you're doing it the right way the emotionally intelligent way because you can stand up for yourself and come at somebody the wrong way yeah you're you're right on the back end but your tone and your behavior and the way that you're bringing this is the wrong way then yeah you know, I no, say, yeah, that's a okay. different, that's a different right. situation. I think that's right. back to that whole, I'm trying to win, exactly. you know, and I think that yes. we, we see a lot of that and that, that kind of, that's a big turnoff for me. Cause you can be right. But, um, you know, my, my grandmother used to always say you could be dead, right. You know, people say dead mm-hmm. wrong. She would always say you could be dead, right. I mean, cool, you, I like you know, if you have yeah, a green light, but somebody is running through the intersection, you're going to just go and die. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it, right. it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have right. to be. It, the response does not have to be aggressive. It don't have to be gotcha. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be that. It just, Hey, these are the facts. These are just yeah. the facts of the situation. You don't have to um, insert the, you know, the, yeah. the aggression in the, in, a, in right. the two snaps, you could, you could, you you're advocating for yourself. Right. You can it's, just it's, advocate. Yeah. But if I think there's that fear because, you know, even in you telling that situation, I'm just replaying past situations and knowing that in some environments, even though she did nothing wrong, but just put documentation out on the table there are certain people that now they that you've turned on the clock of their petty. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, and that's a reality. Um, yeah. so I know that that's part of the reason why some people are fearful for of those conversations, right? But the bigger reality is so are you gonna continue to be in shrunken spaces? Like Ooh, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, when do we start, you know, shining the spotlight on these situations? When do Mm -hmm. we start, um, you know, and I'm going to use the word demanding, but again, I'm not saying with snapping the fingers and I'm not saying it from that perspective, but when do we start, let's say, requiring Mm -hmm. spaces that are fair and equitable? Mm. and that suit our needs because Mm -hmm. you know again if I have to be different to be accepted in this space do I really want to be in this space Mm. do I really want to be in this space so 
I think no, that that's, you know, something that we need to think about. And I think a lot of times yeah. too, with, um, even with like in the entrepreneurial space, you know, I've heard people say like, okay, so the big dream is, you know, to get corporate clients. Right. And yeah. I've talked to some people and I'm like, that's not it for you. You know, like not mm-hmm. in the sense of that you couldn't do it. Right. But your like, you know, corporate tends to be very, you know, traditional. They want this, they, you know, there's some that will, you know, get a little creative, but most of them are, you know, I want this exact thing. They got some people that they're, they lead with their artistry. Mm -hmm. You belong with a different type of client. Right. And that's yeah. okay. You don't have to follow mm-hmm. with the, you know, the crowd or the trend or whatever that is, whatever space makes sense for you mm-hmm. and excel mm-hmm. in that space because you're giving that room to grow. But right. we're in so many spaces. Like you said, we feel we, we're scared to have those conversations. And mm-hmm. what I've learned over time is Half the time we got so much pressure in those conversations, the person on the other side don't even care. <laughs> don't even care. We've been stressing ourselves out. Well, what if I say this? Well, what if I say that? Well, what if they do this? And right. And you know, they- I had a situation with a client. I couldn't get one of the balloons that was a part of the original design. And I mean, I'm looking everywhere. It's discontinued. I'm I'm I, somebody in Canada sending me some balloons, all of this, all that. End of the day, it's gone. I can't make it happen. I reach out to the client. I'm thinking it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. The client said to me, oh, well, that's fine. You know, whatever else you want to do is fine. You want to <laughs> all this energy that I didn't put into this. Oh, my God. Because of the conversation I've been having in my head, and you didn't even care. Wow. And wow. so we have to get out of that too. Like, you know, my my um business coach says, you know, you 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 playing out the movie and you speak in both parts. Mm-hmm. We have to mm. stop writing these narratives and just just deal with the situation. Just deal with the situation. Absolutely. Now we've been going, so I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to wrap us up, but I, I might have to have you back because. <laughs> and if you hear my dog in the background, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Mine had a moment as well. Everybody knows Walter. We are a dog family here, so it, <laughs> it is okay. Oh, Walter, Walter family? is a, a coworker. <laughs> hear me? So it is absolutely fine. Um, so. One, I'm going to give you just a second before we go into our wrap-up questions. Any tips that you want to just throw out there for, um, you know, whether it's business, personal, emotional intelligence goes everywhere with you. So tips on how we can um, tap into emotional intelligence and just kind of start that journey. So probably the biggest tip, and I keep saying that the biggest part of emotional intelligence, the most important part of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. So that is something that is is so possible for you to figure out about yourself 
And it's taking those moments and taking those times to sit and evaluate situations. So for example, my daughter is 17. Once a week or once every couple of weeks, she and I get together and we talk about a situation that she has gone through and we unpack it. That is probably the biggest tip that I can give to someone when it comes to self-awareness is to unpack situations that you have been involved in. That you can journal, you can uh, just kind of figure out what triggers you've had, what that person did and said, what behavior you exhibited, and then determine what is the behavior that you want to exhibit. Instead of me screaming at that person or being angry, what I want to do is have a calm conversation. So self-reflection is so very important. Um, that's the biggest tip I can give you. Journaling, sitting down, unpacking situations, even asking people that you trust, hey, when this happened, what did you think? Or, you know, how did you view my behavior? And be open to getting that feedback and to internalizing that and not seeing it as if somebody is labeling you or making you feel bad. So it has to be people you trust, right? Yeah, it, <laughs> it has yes. to be people you trust. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and if you don't have anybody you trust, look, like I said, the self-reflection and the, the journaling, those are two things that you can do. Another thing that I would advise people to do is to get clear on your boundaries. Understanding what your own boundaries are. I saw someone who had posted this uh, the other day uh, it said something like, being good doesn't get you loved. Being good gets you used. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. So you're telling people now that they can't be good because they're right. going to be used? Not right. true, right? Right. It's just, is, I think is yeah, You it's like a, a huge generalization and you, maybe you're being good to the wrong people. Exactly. Maybe you're being good to the wrong people, or maybe you're not focusing on what you need to focus on when it comes to being good. Because we're, some people can be good and they're people pleasers and they let people like, whatever, whatever you say you want me to do, I'm going to do it. Setting boundaries and being a good person go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. That is going to get you where you want to go. That is going to get you the, the goals and the aspirations and the dreams that you want in your business and your personal life, you have to get clear on what your boundaries are, communicate them as well, and a, communicate them in an assertive way, not in an aggressive way. Mm -hmm. Let Be okay with letting people know what behaviors are unacceptable for you and be consistent in saying, okay, these are my boundaries and I am not knocking them down for anybody. Yes. Your yes. boundaries protect you. And if I've seen this before too, if you set a boundary and somebody else gets upset, <laughs> that's a them problem, not a you problem, because yes. they are the, probably the person that was using mm -hmm. your lack of boundaries against you or to get what they wanted. Yeah, is 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 that's the most um 
gaslighting thing if it, that exists. Like Ooh. when people are like, you know, oh, you know, when you set that boundary, that meant that they were that was their entryway. Yes. And you just closed yes. it. Now they made that, that you know, that was that, that that's like when you change your Wi-Fi password and then your neighbor's <laughs> mad with you. You know, you you, was, <laughs> you mad with me because you was getting free Wi-Fi. Right. Now you're not. Like, but it's it's real, you know, like yes. when I transitioned to like setting boundaries and I'm like, there were people that were upset with me that I wasn't doing certain things for them, even though I was in the middle of a grieving period. And I was like, oh, oh, you know what? That let me know everything I need to know about you. Like, yeah. it just, Learning you know, experience. and sometimes people are going to be upset and that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's, it, there's nothing that says you have to make people happy all of the time. No, absolutely not. There's, that, absolutely. That's not a requirement it's, of yours. And it's not, it, it, it's inevitable that you're going to have people in your life that you can't make happy. Right. You're and not, I don't think you're supposed to. <laughs> well, my <laughs> thing right. that I say now is like, you know, what makes their feelings more important than mine? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I think, you know, anybody who is a people pleaser or recovering people pleaser, put that in your mind, like, because that's yeah. what starts to happen is you prioritize everyone else's feelings, mm-hmm. but your feelings are equally important. So mm-hmm. if making them happy means making you miserable, then they just not going to be happy today. Exactly. Exactly. They're gonna have to find a different way to make them happy because I I'm yep. not about to sacrifice it's myself for it. Exactly. Yep. But um you when you started talking about boundaries, you know, just yeah. plug of a previous episode, Dr. Nicole talked a lot about boundaries and that's her that's her lane. That's her love language. Yeah. And um one of the things that she, you know we talked about in that conversation was that your boundaries don't have to be loud. Ooh. You know, you're, you, you, you set those boundaries and we see it all of the time, especially with entrepreneurs, somebody steps on a boundary or maybe you didn't have the boundary there, but you were triggered by what somebody did. And then yeah. now you're posting this angry long post about, you yeah. know, what y'all yeah. not going to do it. Friend, <laughs> that's not boundaries. That's just yelling. Yeah. That is yelling. That's just yelling. Just, you know, lesson learned. Put, you know, take the, take the lick and keep, you know, change, change up how you operate, but you don't have to make a loud announcement. You don't need a megaphone. Yeah. I think people want other people to know so, so badly that you can't get over on me. You, you can't come over here messing this up. But when you're, you're that loud, like they already have, he who angers you controls you and you're making that angry post. <laughs> that person has already done what you're saying. You can't come over here messing this up. They did because you're making a post about it. You're upset about it. Right. You upset. They got you all turned up. You don't see boundaries are peaceful. So you don't uh-huh. seem at all yeah. peaceful. But <laughs> the other thing is, is you don't realize how many people have just silent quit. Because when I see those posts, I'm like, oh, I don't really want 
like I don't want to do business with that. that like, yeah, that's yep. that's that's some energy I don't want. And so exactly. you're wasting energy talking to somebody you don't want to be in relationship with, and you're losing relationship with people who that, you, that could have oh that could gosh, have yes. come in with sunshine and smiles and stuff, and they like, oh, it's scary over here. Let me <laughs> let me grab my purse and go. Exactly. I want people to get curious about emotional intelligence. Read about it. There's so many books out there that they can they can read. There, one specific book is Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Okay. Um, it's a really really good book. It has strategies for each uh, of the four pillars of emotional intelligence. And what I love the most about it is that you can take with the purchase of the book, you can um, do an emotional intelligence test. Okay. And it shows you where is the area you need to focus on the most. And then you find those strategies in the book. And then at the very end, you can take a second emotional intelligence test to see where you've improved. Oh, wow. That's, so that's cool. a really good book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. So I'm going to plug that book, right? Because it, okay. it is a, an amazing book. Okay. And I'm going to make sure to put the link to that in the show notes. Yes. Um, and I actually might, um, cause we have a book club, so I may put that on the list for the book club oh as well. That would be so, a good one. Absolutely. Yes. That's that, that sounds so interesting and I'm excited about it. Okay. I'm on wrap up cause we've been here <laughs> and we could keep going because I just I love the topic. I love, um, you know, we just clicked from the moment we, you know, yes. got in touch with each other. So we can go, um, y'all, but, um, so I'm gonna ask the, the wrap up questions. So the first one is tell me about your favorite pair of pajamas. Okay. So this is hard for me to stand because <laughs> I can wear, like, I can wear my husband's t-shirt and be fine. But if I really had to like dig deep and say, okay, favorite pair of pajamas, I would say something that is comfy, like what I have on today. Like today I have on like a little cute little long sleeve mm-hmm. shirt with a little flannel uh, PJ bottom. So something that, you know, is, is comfortable that uh, allows me to, you know, run after my five-year-old when I need to be, <laughs> or run after the dog when he's barking and I don't. <laughs> But I mean, you said oh, like about being comfortable in like the husband's t-shirt. I'm not gonna lie, that's a comfortable look. Like, I mean, yes. <laughs> it's something about it. Like, you know, it's like the old ratty shirt. Like, that's just yes, that's the best one. <laughs> it's just you know, I, I my husband said he don't own shirts anymore because I keep stealing them all. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> they're comfy. What's yours is mine, hubby. Right. I mean, don't we share with people? Like, right. They are comfy. Okay. Exactly. My time freedom allows me to. Um, my time freedom allows me to. Hmm, it allows me to do things that I'm passionate about. I mentioned before that, you know, hobbies are my thing. You know, one thing I didn't mention is uh, art. I love art. Um, I love to draw. And even though I don't draw as much anymore, I see that in my son. So I like to, I like to really 
put him in situations where he's able to, to you know, be creative, um, but being able to engage in things that I'm passionate about, uh, my time freedom allows me to do those things. Um, the freedom to explore things and to enjoy things that are interesting to me. Uh, probably one of the most important when it comes to, because, you know, of course, time freedom, I want to engage in self-care activities. But being an entrepreneur and being able to have a flexible schedule, my time freedom allows me to be there for my family, mm-hmm. you know, to attend those personal events. If, if, my, if I need to go pick my son up from school, I can do that. You know, if I want to plan a, a, a birthday party and, you know, through the week, put that together, I can do that. So being able to to have that focus on my family, celebrations, special occasions, birthdays, um, it allows me to be able to participate in those things actively and like truly, truly, truly enjoy those moments. Uh, with my two older kids, 21 and 17, I worked in corporate America. They were growing up and there was a lot of times where I was on the road traveling and I would miss those things. And now with my five-year-old being able to be there, you know, even with my 17-year-old is, is very, very important to me. So those are two things my time and freedom allows me to enjoy. I love that. Yeah, I didn't realize until I left my job, like mm-hmm. even, you know, like, as much as like, I feel like I see my son every day, you know, I didn't realize like just that car ride home and him not having to go to aftercare, like was like so huge. Like it just yes. absolutely, like, I'm just like, that sounds so silly, but it Ooh, was just so, me. No, it's it not just was so because... huge. Like I was just like, yeah. I didn't know I was missing that until that moment. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. Standing outside my door, my son gets off the bus and him running to me. It's the best, like that touched me right now, what you just said. No, it really was like a moment. Like it was like, wow. Like, you know, you feel connected, but then you don't realize that there's like some, you got blind spots, you know, and and to be able, you know, to to not have to ask permission to go (laughs) do something with your kids. Isn't that something? You know, that's why we connect so much because it's like the, the word choice right there. It that it, that means everything to me too. Is you know, I, I feel like as a as a as an adult, I shouldn't have to get permission to go and be with my son's class or what have you. So, yeah, it's just it's crazy. You know, it's it's really so crazy. Important that that's how the world works. And it's like, how, how am I supposed to like, you know, if, if your child goes awry, then it's like, oh, you blame the mother. The mother didn't do what she was supposed to, but I was at somebody's mm-hmm. job. But like, Come you on. know, like how, how can I be fully both things? Yeah, yeah. It's like, not possible. It's not possible if you are clocking in at nine and leaving at five. It's, it's, even if you have PTO, you may feel like, you know, you can't, it's your time, but the, in a lot of jobs, people are made to feel like 
no, you need to be here. PTO, what are you doing? And asking off. But I mean, just just something as simple as yesterday we were traveling around like three o'clock. I had a site visit and we were talking about the traffic. Me and my husband were talking about the traffic and the fact that he said, oh, I thought it would be more traffic. I said, well, no, rush hour is not till five. And then I'm like, but school get out at three. (laughs) Like school get out at three, but work get out at five. Like it don't. The man's not, not man, dude. It's not. This is true. <laughs> All right. What is the the best advice that you can give anyone seeking the profits in pajamas lifestyle? So I I think the lifestyle is about finding balance, right, between being an entrepreneur who is successful or productive in their business and enjoying that flexibility that we just talked about that comes with being an entrepreneur. Um, I would say work-life balance is something that always kind of comes to to mind, but I don't like to call it work-life balance. I like to call it work-life harmony. Um, So establishing, again, those boundaries between your work life and your personal life um, is important. Flexibility is a perk, is an important part of profits and pajamas, that lifestyle, correct? Yes. But it's so important to set specific working hours and take breaks for yourself to maintain that healthy work-life harmony. I don't think balance is something that we can use because balance to me is 50-50. And sometimes you got to take from over here and go over here and take from over here. And so I like to call it work-life harmony. So um, work-life harmony would be one. Networking is probably the other one. I don't think people realize how important no, networking important. is. It's definitely important. So important. And the pandemic really got us into this mindset of sitting in front of our computer and this, you know, virtual connection but that face-to-face connection is so important getting out there with other business owners um but online and offline both of them uh, building those connections strong connections it can lead to collaborations it could lead to partnerships it could lead to you learning something about your business that you wouldn't have otherwise known those insights that could help you yes lean more into that profit in pajamas and pro- it, oh my gosh profits in pajamas <laughs> slow down cat <laughs> lifestyle so i would say attend industry events join online communities um be intentional about engaging with your peers and the the aha moments and the things that you can gain from that can absolutely participate in that lifestyle of profits and pajamas. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I think we do neglect that networking piece a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's all about working with ease. And a part of working with ease is when you make connections and build community then doors start opening. Yeah. People, you know, are saying your name in rooms. 
And, you know, if you build authentic relationships, I'm going to throw that out there because they got some people out here networking, but they're doing something a little different. If you create authentic (laughs) relationships, um, you are creating a free sales force. Absolutely. You, like, I I could be sitting here minding my business and like four people to tag me in a post because somebody was looking for balloons. And I wasn't over there wherever that person was, but they were. And, you know, so you, you are building that you, you know, people think about you for opportunities that you, you know, be great at. Sometimes people think about you for things that you would not think about for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How I got to the speaking event where you saw me. Uh, I sponsored a luncheon for a local group and I just got up at the very end of the luncheon and gave like a little two minute feel on who I am and what I do. And after the luncheon, this lady walks over with a card and kneels down beside me. She's like, Hey, we're looking for a keynote speaker for an event that's coming up in a couple of months. And I'd love to take you to have coffee to talk to you about it. Wait, what? <laughs> but you had to be in the room. To be in the room. I had to be in the room. So Absolutely. get in the rooms. And I know people yeah. get nervous about that. I am an introvert. I totally get it. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't preclude you from um, being in the room. You know, you could always reach out. There's always like, I have a million tips of how to do that, but yeah. get in the room, get, get in room. rooms, you know, get over that, that fear, you know, take her with okay. you. She can come, she can go to the network. Yes. Come on, girl, let's go to this. <laughs> <laughs> she, she can, girl, come on, put on your, put on your clothes. She can come too, but, yes. you know, get into those spaces. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so Kat, where can the people reach you? What do you have going on that you want to share with the audience? So <laughs> how can you reach me? Uh, I am on Instagram at the Kat Parker. That's T-H-E-A-A-T, Parker, P-A-R-K-E-R. Uh, I am also on TikTok at the.cat.parker. Uh, and then I have a website, uh, www.catparker.com. So those are three places where you can uh, reach out to me. You can DM me. You can find my you know, tips and strategies of being a great self-leader at home and at work. Uh, so today we've been talking about emotional intelligence, and I absolutely want to share something that is connected to that that I have available right now which is a free ebook. It is an emotional intelligence for women in leadership. And that's as an entrepreneur, what have you, that is available. It is a free ebook. You can go to my website, www.catparker.com and click on free downloads and click emotional intelligence. That ebook is not just a read. It has specific uh, journal entries that you can use. It's strategies. It goes with each, it has a section for each pillar of emotional intelligence and tells you tips and information on each one of those and how you can integrate that into your professional and your personal life. So emotional intelligence ebook, please go and download that. It is 100% free. 
And then lastly, something that I'm working on that is coming and that will also be on my website is a workbook for women. I'm pretty sure some of your listeners are probably still in workplaces as well as have their businesses. And this workbook is specifically for women who are navigating and or want to leave toxic workplaces. It has a foundation of emotional intelligence and helping you to not just recognize and understand the situation that you're in, but to navigate these toxic workplaces in a way where it is going to protect your mental well-being, where it's not just acknowledged, you are actually protecting your mental well-being and not creating this ripple effect of toxicity that happens at work and then you bring that home as well. So that is something that I'm actively working on that hopefully will be available within the next few weeks, if not sooner. Uh, and that will be available on my website. Awesome. Awesome. That girl. I, I got a group chat. I need to add you to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh my goodness. No, that is totally needed because it, yeah. it's it's a reality for a lot of us. And um yeah, just look, I wish I knew you a few few years ago. Yeah. Um, but it is a reality of how to navigate it because it's not always as simple as just getting up and leaving. Right. Um, because you still yeah. have to think about, you know, your family, your, you know, exactly. all of those obligations. So Exactly. That's amazing. But it will have specific strategies and things in there that will help you if you do want to leave, if you're preparing to leave, what you need to do, things you need to put into place so you can make that leap away from that toxic workplace. So that will be uh, in the workbook as well. That is like amazing. Like that. I can't wait till it comes out. I can't wait till it comes out because, you know, I like been there, done that, got the t-shirt and I know so many people that are still in that environment or, you know, you think you, you left one and now you had another, it's, you know, it's just, it's, um, it's very difficult. And then again, there's not usually any kind of tips for how to deal with it. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So, so all of that will be in the workbook. I'm so excited. Exciting. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I don't want to leave, but we got to leave. Um, I'm so glad that you were here and shared so much information. So many gems were shared. And I hope that um, everyone in the audience has kind of perked their ears a little bit to the idea of emotional intelligence. And I want y'all to take advantage of... Um, the free download, the book that you shared. And when this workbook comes out, I want, like, cause I know some of y'all, you know, in my DMs talking about these environments, <laughs> can't got the answers. Well, y'all better get trying to help you. you get, these <laughs> to get, help your, you. get your sanity because, you know, the economy okay. is different than it used to be. I don't have bail no. money for none of y'all. No. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't want nothing to happen on the job we gotta we gotta leave respectably so, <laughs> so thank you for being here um thank, thank you. you guys for you know always listening and coming and getting these gems I love bringing amazing people when I meet amazing people I try to bring them to you guys so I'm so glad that um 
Kat didn't think I was a crazy lady in her DMs. Absolutely <laughs> not. And thank you so and, much. And was so receptive <laughs> and um, came on here and just shared so openly and honestly. So I will leave you guys with that and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Profits in Pajamas podcast. I hope you got some great tips to start working with ease. Want to stay connected? Follow me at Your Workflow on Instagram. For more information about building your luxury brand, register for my upcoming luxury brand workshop at coachdannyd.com.